Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Game Changing Technology and Sports, presented by SAP, the best run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to shake up the sports status quo with technology that changes how the games are played, managed, and enjoyed. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, 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 welcome. If you know the code for the show, you know that means I have four guests on today's show. This is one of our most exciting new series, Game Changing Technology and Sports Radio. And if you think sports and tech don't go together, you have been living or sleeping or eating or doing something under a rock because it's true. Let's see what the buzz on the street is today and then we'll get started. I have a quote from Hannah Mills. She was the 420 and 470 world champion, Olympic gold medalist, young lady born in 1988. She's a British competitive sailor. She won a silver medal for Team GB and she won gold in the 19 and the 2016 Olympics in Rio de Janeiro. Here's the quote. Sailing is such a variable sport. There could be no wind, or there could be 25 knots. You never know what you're going to get. It sounds like the quote from, uh, uh, what was the movie, Ryan? Uh, the movie, uh, Forrest Gump. It's Life is like Forrest a box Gump. of chocolate. Right? Life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're getting. That's the voice of, of Ryan Summers at SAP, who's the sponsor. We're going to bring him on in a minute. But I want to tell you a little bit about what we're discussing today. Competitive sailing is simply not easy. There are special demands, and it's the perfect platform for technology, for all kinds of innovations. So what's the big deal with what we call cutting-edge solutions? They can deliver an unprecedented super superiorly exciting experience for the fans and make it more competitive, give an edge for the sailors. As if sailing isn't exciting enough as it is in its native way, add some technology and you've got a wow experience. So think about this. Data collection. You know we have a series called Internet of Things with Game Changers here on the Game Changers Radio. And we, we talk about sensors, Internet of Things. Well, what if you put sensors on the buoys? You know those things that bobble in the water and help the sailors figure out where to go? What about if you put them on the boats? What about if you put them up where they could collect wind and tide information. Okay, it's getting interesting now. And what if you could put sensors on the people, the sailors, and you could track their biometrics, their exertion levels, their sleep patterns, how they're breathing, how they're resting, how they're working hard. Put it all together, you have got huge opportunities to collect data to bring the sport to another level. So I like to say, what is the wind behind the success? Digitization is the key word here. It simplifies and accelerates all of the processes involved in sailing, and especially in sailing a regatta, and we'll find out more. So today, instead of just saying the experts speak, I'm going to say the experts and the sailors speak. So now, with with great pleasure, I'm going to welcome, just briefly, Ryan Summers, Director of Digital Content, leads Global Sponsorships at SAP, to tell us a little bit about the sport of extreme sailing, and then I'll introduce my panel for the show today. Ryan, welcome back. How have you been? I've been great, Bonnie. How are you? I'm very well, and I'm happy that you're joining me here today. So talk to me. We're talking about extreme sailing today, technology, innovations, all the good stuff I just mentioned about data collection. So what do you want to tell us about an update on the concept of extreme sailing? Where is it today? Well, first I wanted to thank all our audience members and listeners. We've received a ton of great feedback from episodes. We've even received some recommendations on some things that they'd like to hear and learn about. So we're taking those into consideration uh, for future episodes. 
Uh, we do have some amazing ones coming up. So if you're a fan of the NBA or the NHL, if you love soccer or football or even baseball, there's a good chance you're going to enjoy some of these future episodes. But I'm excited now. Ryan, as the host, I'm excited. I didn't know you were getting fan mail. <laughs> Pass it over to me, okay? Yeah, That's great. Yeah, we have some people reaching out on social, uh, social media at SAP Sports where we've been promoting some of these sessions as well. So. If there's Wonderful. something you want to hear about, you know, we'd love for you to chime in and, and give us a tweet or a, a like on Facebook. Wonderful. Um, but today we got something really cool Bonnie mentioned for all you sailors out there. Uh, she's going to talk briefly with Axel, our chief devel- development architect, about some of that amazing sailing tech that she talked about. And the two professional sailors, Yes and Raz, who not only let me sail with them during an official race, but who I also had the privilege of celebrating with after they won the Extreme Sailing Championship a year and a half ago. So I know, Bonnie, you're probably going to ask them what's in their cup, but now I'm just kind of remembering how good that celebratory champagne was on that special night, and i got to tell you, it really burns your eyes when you spray it, but, man, that victory tasted good. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Thank you very much, Ryan. You want to stick around, or, or do you want, me, want yeah, us I'll, to mute you? Uh, I'll go on mute and listen, and if anybody needs anything, I'm happy to chop in. Wonderful. Thanks. Pleasure to have you on. Thank you for helping with the introduction. Always glad to have you on. I want to see all that fan mail. That makes me very excited. And, by the way, if our listening audience, we are tweeting at hashtag S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. You can also use the handle at at S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O, and that's one way we know you're out there listening and enjoying the show. So thank you, Ryan. So now let me formally introduce my three panelists, our designated panelists. First up in a moment, we'll be speaking with Dr. Axel Uhl. He spells his last name U-H-L. He taught me the proper way to pronounce it, as though it's an O-O-L, Uhl. <laughs> he is the chief develop. I'm trying to be good here, the chief development architect of Experience SAP Innovation Hub. Welcome to Axel. Dr. Axel, and joining him are our two wonderful award-winning sailors, skippers. Uh, We have Rasmus Costner, and Rasmus was on a show with me several years ago. I think it was our Coffee Break with Game Changers flagship show, and somebody from SAP Global Sponsorships, way before Ryan uh, took it over, somebody contacted me and said, let's do a show about extreme sailing, and I remember Rasmus was one of my guests, and I'm thrilled to have him back. He is the co-skipper of SAP Extreme Sailing. Welcome back, Rasmus Costner, K-O-S-T-N-E-R, with a little funny little characters over the O. You can find that out. And joining us also is, I'm pronouncing it correctly, I think, yes, J-E-S, Graham Hansen, the team principal and coach of SAP Extreme Sailing. So, gentlemen, thank you for coming in off the water and joining us. Maybe you are on the water. I don't know where you are today, but we're going to find out. Dr. Axel Uhl has sent us a quote from Johannes Lohr, abbreviated Hannes Lohr, uh, 1942 to 2016. A, he was a German international football player and manager. He has all kinds of wonderful scores here. They mean nothing to me other than in, in 1986, he began working for the DFB and was coach of the West German team that won bronze in the 1988 Summer Olympics in Seoul. So that's what I will say. So here's the quote Dr. Axel Uhl has selected from Hannes Lohr. Quote, coaches talk too much about tactics. The best system is no good if the ball is the player's worst enemy. Axel, welcome to Game Changers. How are you? Well, I'm good. How are you? 
Well, it's very thoughtful of you to ask. I'm great now that I'm speaking to all of you. I have your pictures here in my notes, and I feel like I'm already out on the water with all of you. This is very exciting. So tell me, how did you pick this quote from Hannes Lohr? Oh, I found that so great when I saw it on the news the other day. It reminds me of what we're doing here. The ball that we're trying to play is, of course, designing and building and running software. And um, many people here talk about strategy, and I think that in addition to having a good strategy and having good tactics, you know how to treat the ball. That means you have to know how to actually write and run software properly. So that is what I think um, a good tactics need to depend on. Very interesting. I, I just want to talk to you briefly about the concept that the quote starts with the word coaches. What's the role of a coach? You know, we, we think of team sports, Axel, is on a field, a football field or a soccer field or in a stadium where the coach is standing somewhere, right, where the players can see him or her, where the viewers can see him or her, and they usually have a special uniform and their hands are flailing in the air and they've got all these hand signals. But in sailing... The players are out on the water. They're far apart. So what's the role? Is there a role for the coach? And is innovative technology helping that coach be, quote, unquote, visible to the players, quote, meaning the sailors, while they're on the water doing their thing in competitive sailing? What's your perspective on the word coaches? Now, the, the way the quote was meant uh, is, of course, uh, more a coach in the sense of a manager. When you think about what a coach in soccer is doing, you know, like you said, they are waving hands, they are shouting at the players and all these things. They're giving instructions and, and giving orders. Uh, and that is what, of course, always happens in a, in a corporate environment. So here the coach mm-hmm. is slightly different from a coach in sailing. Now, relating that to sailing, the role of a coach is, while the regatta is on, limited to the times outside of the actual racing. So there is even rules mm-hmm. that forbid the coach to take an influence, like there is no outside assistance possible. So the coach cannot give secret signs because he has met- measured the wind and give hidden indications as to where to go. They need to stay out of the game. Um, up to four minutes before the, the races, the coaches can influence and, and can coach. Uh, but um, funny things happen, you know, even at the Olympics, cold water, uh, they are completely packed in a dry suit. They give latest weather information to the sailors. And then when the horn goes, the coach jumps into the water together with a waterproof laptop. So that's what a coach's role is in sailing. Wow, that fascinating. I was hoping you'd tell me something I didn't know. Fa- absolutely fascinating. Thank you very much, Axel. Pleasure to welcome you to the show, and we'll get back to you in a couple of minutes. And now let's go around the table to returning guest Rasmus Kostner from SAP Extreme Sailing. And Rasmus has sent us a quote from a song, uh, and the song is Walk Tall from Country Preacher. It's a live album recorded back in 1969. I don't think Rasmus was even around in 1969. I'm taking a guess on age here. It's a live album recorded by the Cannonball Adderley Quintet. I was around, and the album was interestingly introduced by Jesse Jackson. Let me read the quote, and then I'll read the context for it. So, Walk Tall Lyrics. The storm don't really matter until the storm begins to get you down. That's the quote Rasmus has selected, but let me read the context here. Here's the rest of the line. No matter how dreary the situation is, or how difficult it may be. The storm really doesn't matter until the storm begins to get you down. So my advice to you, the message that the Cannibal Adelie Quintet brings us, this is interpretation, is rough and tough, a lot of funny stuff going down, but you got to walk tall. And I think what means we have to sail tall. So Rasmus, welcome back. I'd love to get your take on how this quote matters to sailing today. How are you? 
Hello, Bonnie. Thank you so much for uh, for having me uh, back again on uh, on the show. It's uh, it's a great uh, privilege, and uh, yeah, we've been uh, we've been quite busy since uh, we uh, we we were on the show together last time, and. Um, yeah, I, I think yeah, I, I picked this uh, quote, um, and um, it's uh, it's a very nautical phrase, uh, uh, I guess. Uh, but it, it's actually one of my other big interests, and it's uh, from uh, jazz music. I, I used to play the the saxophone, so um, I, I really I really love uh, love this uh, quote because I, I think it it tells me or speaks to me that um, you know you you need to keep your head high and you need to keep the keep keep your posture and. Um, it's often when um, when you're under pressure that you tend to to not do that, and um, that's where it gets even more important that uh, that you do the right things. And um, I I haven't been in a storm uh, or survived the storm uh, sailing, but um, I guess you're a little bit limited with your opportunities, and and you really need to do the right things. Uh, so um, no, it's a it's a great reminder for me to do the right things. Thank you very much. And as far as uh, as far as walking tall when you're in a boat, obviously you're you're sitting down, you're bracing for whatever's coming next. Do you think it's the the body language of the sailors? And and by the way, Rasmus, how many people would be on a boat in one of the regattas you're talking about? How many people would be in the crew, and how big would the boat be in your experience? What you do? Uh, the boat we've sailed a lot uh, lately is the GC32, and uh, it's uh, five people on uh, on the boat. So it's one of the smaller uh, crews that uh, that you race as uh, as a professional sailor. But um, no, it's a it's a great uh, great team uh, to be a part of uh, a five um, racing a, a fast boat like the GC32. So my question is, thank you for that. My question is, does your posture, does your body language influence the spirit of the team, the excitement of the team, the attitude of the team while they're out on the water doing this extreme sailing? Is that really important? The, the walking tall concept. Uh, definitely important that uh, that you that you try and and, and be uh, the best version of uh, of yourself. And I think uh, and I think even though it's something that you're not saying, then your body language and uh, and and people they they can they can really sense um, you know how much you're you're trusting in that this is is going well. You're often under pressure. You're racing the best people out oh. there, and um, if somebody senses that you don't believe that you can win or come back from a tough uh, race, then you'll never come back. So I, I think it's just so important that you keep fighting and uh, never give up. And, um, yeah, you walk tall. Thank you very much. Sit tall, sit tall. We don't want you walking in the boat, I don't think, not too much. Anyway, thank you, Rasmus. <laughs> Pleasure to have you back. And now let's turn to our third official panelist, yes, Graham Hansen. He spells his first name J-E-S and last name is G-R-A-M hyphen, H-A-N-S-E-N, and he has sent us a quote from Wayne Gretzky. It's a very famous quote. Let me just read a little background. Wayne Douglas Gretzky, young man born in 1961, is a Canadian former professional ice hockey player and head coach. He was nicknamed the Great One and considered the greatest hockey player ever by many sports writers, players, and the league Itself, He's the leading scorer in National Hockey League history with more goals and assists than any other player. The kind of guy you want to model yourself after. So here's the quote. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Yes, Graham Hansen, welcome to the show. How are you? Yeah, hi, Bonnie. I'm very well. Thank you for inviting me. 
Well, we're delighted to have you, and you can thank Ryan Summers for putting this together. He's he's the the genius behind this panel, so thank you to Ryan. So uh, tell me how you picked this quote from Wayne Gretzky, obviously is on the ice, ice hockey, and you're on the water as as a competitive sailor. So how does this quote relate to the sport of sailing? Yes? Yeah, I actually uh, played ice hockey when I was a kid, so uh, when Gretzky was a, was a big idol back then, but um, I think it sums up pretty well what you need to do if you want to be successful in, in professional sport. You, uh, you you have to have the courage to take a lot of shots, and, well, if the shots you don't take, you, you're going to miss for sure. Um, for me personally, it has been a, a good guideline, you know, when when you go up against the best in the world, then sometimes you can be a little bit intimidated. But um, mm-hmm. if you think about this, you know, you, you you take the shots, and if you don't take them, you miss for sure. But if you take them, there might be a chance that you'll be successful. There you go. And, and how does that relate to sailing? You're on the water. You've got a plan. You've got a route. You you have all of your, uh, your your biometrics coming in. You know what the wind speed is. You you're very familiar with with the obviously the course you're going to follow. And the buoys are there, and everything's set up. And what are the shots that you might miss in sailing? I'm curious. I haven't sailed since I was a kid, and I'm wondering, are there opportunities to do something dramatic or dynamic or that's not in the plan? Does that come up, yes? I think for me personally, when, when you go on the, on the race course, it's such a complex sport, sailing, and you have to play the race course, and you have to choose to go left or right, or you know, how, how to place the boat against the, um, the competitors, and that's the shot that you need to take in sailing, you have to take so many decisions in a very short time, and uh, and uh, you can't get them all right. But you, you you will definitely have a better chance being successful if you are if you're taking decisions and you try to execute them as as good as possible. Um, worst thing that can happen is that if you start to get uh, you know in doubt and don't really take the decision, then you'll see that in the end of the day the, the performance will not really be there. So. Um, as a sailor, as a team, you need to take a lot of decision in a very short time, and that's the shot we're taking on the boat. Thank you very much. Very, very interesting. We're going to learn a lot from you. Let's go back around the table to Dr. Axel Uhl at Experience SAP Innovation Hub. And Axel, I'd like to get to know you a little bit better for our listeners as well. So I'm going to ask you three questions. Number one, where in the world are you today? Number two, what's your favorite drink that makes you so smart and gives you so much energy to do what you do? And number three, tell us what you do. What is your role at the Innovation Hub? Axel, go ahead. The first question was where I am in the world. That's water of yes. uh, headquarters of SAP, town a little south of Heidelberg, um, maybe like Redmond, uh, Washington, only known for the presence of Microsoft, I guess. Uh, so Waldorf is probably best known for the presence of SAP. So that's where I am. Uh, famous drink or favorite drink. Um, I like a good cappuccino in the morning, but the problem here is that all these coffee machines that we have here, they try to really optimize for throughput. So what they usually do is, while the coffee is being ground, they already pour the milk foam, and then they pierce these two little holes into the milk foam. <laughs> it's, it's a nightmare. What good barista would, would do it that way? So usually what I'm going to do is, even if there is a long queue behind me, I get a double shot of espresso, and then start pressing the milk foam button, so that gets a good result. So that is what, what drives me uh, through the day. So that's, that's I love it. Was, 
I have to, Axel, I want to stop you. I've never had anybody talk to us on the air about how to get around an automated coffee machine and do, do a really good, yeah. this is, this is the great. Our li- the technicians that, that maintain these machines even admit to that. You know, they optimize for throughput, not for quality. Would you believe yes. that? Anyway, so <laughs> what I do besides trying to get a good coffee, there you go. Uh, I'm, since a few years responsible for um, driving our innovations around sailing here, uh, mostly the SSCSailing.com website. It, it started eight years ago uh, with a tiny little prototype that we had to, to just hack down in like five or six weeks uh, for Kieler Woche, which was a major nightmare. We almost didn't get any sleep for the last few days before the event. Uh, and then we thought, okay, like that, after that one event, we're going to throw it all away because it was just a little prototype. But then we saw what the sailors did. They, they entered the studio. There were like crowds of 50 sailors standing inside that studio, which was the only place where you could see the solution. And then they were so amazed. And then we're, we were surprised and said, well, interesting. Maybe there is something to it. And since that day, we continued developing it. And, and my role here is um, helping design the software, helping take care of the architecture. I'm also coding myself, which gets us back to that whole Hannes Lohr quote with uh, mm-hmm. treating the ball and how that is important. Uh, and then I'm also doing operations um, at events. So uh, in order to still feel the pain, I'm going from event to event, uh, installing the solution there, deploying it, talking to all the race officials, talking to the sailors, getting first-hand feedback on site, which I also think is part of the ball handling, if you will, uh, trying to get the immediate feedback, feel the pain, but also feel the pleasure. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Nice to know you. I hear a lot of noise in the background. It sounds like somebody is building a sailboat. I don't know what's going on. But but thank you very much, Axel. Pleasure to have you on. Rasmus Koster, you're up next. Where are you in the world today? What's your favorite drink that powers you to do what you do so well? And tell us what's new in your career. Rasmus? Yeah, this uh, this time, Bonnie. I'm in uh, I'm in Norway. I moved to to Norway. My my wife is Norwegian, so she she kind of brought me here, and uh, it's been a it's been a great uh, spring uh, day up here. And um, even though it's getting late, then uh, in my cup is uh, is a cup of coffee. Uh, I uh, I'm a coffee lover as well, and um, I really like the mechanics of uh, of my coffee as well. So that's. Uh, how you grind it and um, and you stamp it and and finally then you make the coffee and uh, yeah no there's so many details in uh, in getting a, a good uh, a cup of uh, coffee that uh, that is something I I really enjoy and spend the, my time on as well um, and um, yeah I, um, I I usually spend um, a lot of time. Uh, competing uh, with uh, with sailing and um, and um, uh, a normal day for a sailor would be um, some physical training to make sure you're fit enough for the for the tough days out there. Uh, but it will also be a lot of of uh, analyzing and um, and mm-hmm. a lot of um, performing, uh, looking into your performance, and then of course a lot of time on the water to uh, to make sure that you can execute all the ideas that you get behind the computer. Thank you very much. Are you excited about your career, Rasmus? Is it still something that you, I don't know how long sailors can continue doing what you do in competitive sailing on the water without in the elements. So do you have a plan for your career? Is there a, an, you know, when you're building a new business, you're supposed to have an exit strategy. Is there such a thing as an exit strategy from competitive sailing? I'm just wondering. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I I haven't uh, found out that uh, answer yet, um, but uh, I don't know for, for some reason um, it's it's uh, it's never been something that I I just knew would uh, would happen. But uh, when I look back, I can see that all the choices I I made in my career and all the choices I had, I always uh, chose the the sailing one. So uh, I guess when I look back, then uh, that that also gives me a bit of a. I, an idea about how I'm gonna choose in the in the future, and I'm uh, pretty sure it'll involve uh, a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of sailing and uh, a lot of time on the water, and uh, how long time I can I can stay on the boat, and I'm fit enough and I'm smart enough. Uh, I think that's one of the questions that um, I'll never really get an answer on, but um, I uh, I definitely in, enjoy it out there, and uh, I'll keep sailing uh, as 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 long as I can. Wonderful. I love your answer. Thank you very much. And yes, Graham Hansen, you're up next. Where in the world are you today? What do you love to yeah. drink? Are you are you a coffee mechanic like the other two, trying to figure out how to get the best best grind of the best cup? And what do you do? Yes? Yeah, I'm sitting in, in Denmark today, but I, I'm actually based in Switzerland, but I'm up visiting my my family uh, uh, here in the Eastern. So I'm, I'm, in, uh, I'm in Denmark right now. And... Uh, at least for the moment, my favorite uh, drink is a cup of tea because I've been having a cold for the last two weeks, a pretty bad one. Mm. So, uh, and you might hear it on my voice, uh, actually, that I had a bit of coughing going. So, um, but hopefully the tea will make me uh, survive it. Glad to know mm-hmm. that. And what, what do you do? What's your role in sailing? Yeah, so I've been, I've been in professional sailing for many years now. I'm a bit older than Ras, and I've been basically been uh, driving race, race boats uh, since I was uh, 20 years old. I'm 47 now, and been sailing all kind of different boats, um, dinghies, uh, smaller keel boats, including uh, America's Cup, and also on the Extreme Sailing Service. I've been driving uh, the SAP Extreme Sailing Team for for quite a few years, and then uh, last year I decided to step off the boat. And uh, been um, helping the team as a as a coach, and uh, also managing the team together with Ras. So um, that has been my uh, primary role uh, the last year to coach and managing the team. Thank you very much. I hope you feel better. You sound fine, by the way. And we, I know we called you back and got you on a much better line, and we can hear you much more clearly now. So I'm very happy about that. Um, Ryan Summers, who was just on opening with me, knows me, but Axel and Rasmus probably doesn't remember. And, and yes, I'm based in Durham, North Carolina. It's a beautiful sunny day. We started out just a bit above freezing here, and we're going up to 80 degrees Fahrenheit. So it's what we call cray-cray. It's crazy weather. All the plants are out. The trees are budding, the flowers are in bloom, and then we go down to freezing at night. Very hard to figure out what this southern weather is, but here I am. And I'm not allowed to have coffee on radio show days. This is my second show already today, so all I'm allowed to have is water, and that's going to have to do. Uh, we're going to take a very quick break. We're talking about a very exciting topic, finding out what's the big deal about technology and sports. Today we're focusing on the very interesting field of Sports technology in sailing, competitive sailing. We have Dr. Axel Uhl at the SAP Innovation Hub. We have Rasmus Koster, Kostner, and yes, that's J.E.S. Graham Hansen, both sailing in extreme sailing, and we're thrilled to have all of you on the panel today. So I'm just going to say to our listeners, keep those cards and letters coming to Ryan Summers at SAP, and if you want to put your comments into the Twitter chat, I'd love to find them and see them at hashtag SAP Radio. We're going to take a a quick break so don't even think of touching that mouse that app that dial you know the drill Aaron out 
the business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. Game-changing technology and sports brings you stories about how technology is the new MVP. Like the floating sensors on buoys to provide wind and tidal info for sailors, game apps for coaches to make decisions in an instant, and once-in-a-lifetime fan experiences that amaze on site and on mobile devices. Technology is redefining how sports are watched, played, and managed. We'll dive into it all, from the field of play to the back offices, to learn what's new and what's next in the world of game-changing technology and sports. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Game Changing Technology and Sports, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to game-changing technology and sports. And here we are sailing along merrily on the waters of extreme sailing, competitive sailing, and talking about how technology has changed the sport. We opened the show with the sponsor of the series, Ryan Summers, and now I've got my three designated panelists, Dr. Axel Uhl, Rasmus Kostner, and, yes, Graham Hansen with me. I'm still Bonnie D. Graham. We're going to start the formal roundtable, and here's what Dr. Axel Uhl told me before the show. I'll just read a little bit from this statement, and he will expand it. This is really the focus of our topic. Uh, Axel said, for sailors, coaches, and fans, it was always difficult to follow and to analyze the action on the water, live or after the race. Analysis was based on guesses, hunches, and opinions. Axel, I'm going to let you finish that paragraph and tell us what has changed with the entry of technology. Go ahead, please. Well, a couple of things became a lot less expensive, which made a couple of things possible. Now, while we do have the Internet and and sensor technologies probably since back in the 60s, those things were usually not affordable, particularly not at a great scale. Now, over the last 10, maybe 15 years, GPS has become a given. There is no boat out there that is not using it, no plane out there not using it, and probably no cell phone out there not having it. At the same time, Internet has become widely available, really not very expensive. Cost went down significantly. You can have it on the water. You have it in your cell phones. The whole cell phone revolution uh, has has fallen in place. And with that, a couple of things all of a sudden became possible that before did not seem possible. We can attach trackers to sailboats. We can put out wind sensors that are always connected and send wind data live We can put tablets in the hand of a race official, and they can provide us with um, up-to-date information from the start boat or from the finish line. And if we assemble all that information together, then we get a really synergistic mix. We can all of a sudden enable fans to follow the action in in a way that was unprecedented. We can enable coaches, we can enable sailors so that they can all of a sudden understand all the little details. And uh, like you mentioned in the the first sentence, Mm -hmm. up to that point... People were based on their memories, and you could experience these discussions where people had these contradicting memories. Some people said, oh, you know, there was that wind shift, and the other guy said, well, no, there wasn't, and nobody Mm -hmm. knew because there were no sensors, there was no recording. Uh, That has fundamentally changed how the sport of sailing is communicated, how it is portrayed, how it is experienced by fans, by sailors, and coaches alike. 
Interesting. And also it makes it more fact-based. That's following up on what you just said. It's, it's like I have friends who play uh, just pickup tennis, I'll call it, Axel, not, not competitive tennis in Queens, New York. And one person will say, wait a minute, that was that was out of bounds. And the other says, no, it wasn't. I saw it. No, it, it was. No, that's a do-over. No, we're not yeah, doing it. Yeah, the Mick thing, huh? <laughs> Actually, McEnroe comes from Douglaston, New York, and that's where I grew up. The other other side of the railroad tracks from from uh, Douglaston Manor. Very interesting. You brought that up. Thank you. Let's see what Rasmus has to say about the experience, the opportunity to base it on facts with the new technology. Rasmus, you've been in the sport a while. What are you What are you observing? No, it's really interesting because uh, when when you're trying to become better, you of course you're discussing the things that you can. Better. You're never discussing the things that do, you're doing well, but uh, if you if you have ever tried it, then there's a person saying, "Oh, you you need to, you, you're always um, too late for the line, or you're a couple of meters uh, here, there, whatever." But it's 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 a very different um, thing if uh, if you get the numbers from a computer because uh, you have no feelings, you, there's no politics, there's uh, there's nothing you need to discuss about it. It's just a number. Uh, so uh, it's quite interesting how. Many of our debriefs uh, has um, been a lot easier uh, because we are not dic- discussing the the facts. We are discussing how to be better and how to solve the things that we're not doing so well. Um, so it's uh, it's absolutely right, and I, and I think there's there's really a big advantage in in having a machine or a computer or a number that doesn't have any feelings or you don't need to relate to in any way. Um, it's uh, just there and it's objective and. Uh, you can use it, and uh, you, you, you can't really get mad on it. <laughs> well, you probably still can get mad, but it's not, unless it's a bot, it's not going to talk back to you, so why bother, right? Thank, thank you very much, Rasmus. I appreciate that. Uh, yes, Graham Hansen, join us. Agree or disagree with this, all this wonderful connectivity and the new tools. Good thing or bad thing for the sport? What do you think? No, I think it's good. Uh, I think you can get mad at the computer. At least I can, but uh, that's another story uh, when it doesn't quite tell you what you want to, <laughs> to hear. But, um, you, know, you know, since I started training uh, many years ago, you know, we, we hardly had uh, debriefings. We, we didn't have access to, to, uh, yeah, to, to data or videos, stuff like that. So um, over the last few years, you know, the sport has changed a lot. And, and as Axel said, you know, we have access to a, to a lot more data and um, you know that Raz and me have been um, spending a lot of time looking into to the data we received after the races and, and try to find a, a way we can improve the way we sail the race course or the, the um, you know the, the, the speed of the boat uh, we can improve that and there's so many things that you can look into and that has really changed the sport a lot um, and your approach to um, to how you look at, um, at your performance uh, where in the past you're guessing, and, and now we know a lot more in details. And as Rand says, you know, it's uh, there's not any feelings to it. It's just hard facts, and that's the way it is. So it's also Thank become you. harder harder to, to kind of hide away. Uh, mm-hmm. If you're not doing your job uh, good enough, um, yeah. it stands out pretty, pretty clear. And at the um, end of the day, I think that, um, you know, that the, the level um, of the teams are just, uh, you know, increasing and increasing, being better and better, and... Yeah, and I think that will continue in the future as well. 
Thank you very much. Yes, it's only going to continue with all this technology. I'm going to circle around back to Axel. Axel, anything you want to add to this good discussion about the the affordable? And you made a point in your notes to me saying a lot of this new technology is very affordable. Is that what's making it so widely used? I think it is. Um, we see that there is, if you classify it in economic scales, there is a short head of sailing, which is probably the America's Cup that is so well known. Uh, of course, the technology that you will find in the AC uh, is incredibly expensive, and you can put it maybe on two boats or maybe on five boats. It's like $30,000 just for the GPS unit that they carry on these boats. Mm. Now, when you think about the long tail of sailing, though, uh, it's impossible to equip a fleet of maybe a thousand boats that compete just uh, recently last year in Denmark in Aarhus at the World Championships. Uh, we track close to a thousand boats. There is no way in terms of economic viability that you can put $30,000 pieces of equipment on a thousand boats. So I do think it is the, uh, the coming down of the price levels for this, these pieces of technology that just enable that whole story. There are exceptions. We see that in the Extreme Sailing Series, again, few boats, like what did we have, eight, 10, maybe 12 boats at most. We did afford a couple of expensive um, pieces of equipment. For example, these foiling sensors. You know, foiling boats come out of the water, they start flying. The GT32 mm-hmm. boat class that Rasmus mentioned earlier, uh, those boats look amazing when they fly across the water. And of course, there's lots of tactics and lots of decision-making to happen uh, based on this foiling capability of these boats. Measuring that and tracking that is a bitch. It's, it's really hard. You have to attach these sensors <laughs> that are pointing downwards. You have water, you have spray, you have waves, and you have to separate the spray from the actual uh, water surface. It took us one and a half years to get these things right, but you can do it if the fleet is sufficiently small. Thank you. Very interesting. Good reality check on on the financing of the sport. I appreciate that. Let me move on to a statement here talking about having the facts, fact-based competitive sailing. Rasmus, I'm looking at your notes, and you you say, as a competitor, the time from the finish of a single race and the full access to performance analysis is crucial for best performance in racing and also for most valuable best practices. Can you talk about that? How long before you're off the water or, or back at the dock and or wherever you stay and you get the analytics and, and how fast are you exhausted and say, oh, I'll do it tomorrow or I'll come back in an hour? Or do you do the analysis right away? Rasmus? Uh, you can't wait. Uh, you know, you're, you're so much into your, your performance and, and you want to do well and, and you're curious. So whenever you get the opportunity, uh, then you use it. And uh, and I think uh, you you have uh, thoughts about how you could do better, but you want the answer straight away. And um, I don't know if, if it, it's quite natural that um, the, the quicker, the earlier you can get the answer, the, that's, that's always going to improve the the way you're learning just imagine you're you're trying to learn how to bike on a bicycle uh, on a push bike and then you're uh, you, you don't get the information uh, from uh, from your eyes or you don't get the information from uh, hitting the hitting the the pavement um you know if you get that a lot later then it's very difficult to understand when you're doing something right or wrong uh, so of course you 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 need that as as early and as close to whenever you're doing a mistake uh, as you can. Um, but at the same time, you can't compute too much information while you're doing it. Uh, so there's, there's, there's a little bit of a gap between when you do it, you need the freedom to execute your idea and, 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 and perform uh, your sport. But um, 
when there's an opportunity uh, to get the information about how you can improve it, how you can do it better, then, then you need to use that window. And I think a lot of uh, what we have uh, spent the last couple of years on is uh, trying to find those win- windows and, and to use them. Thank you. Very interesting. What, what, Actually, I, mean, in what, I think it, it yeah, goes go ahead, together Axel. well with it goes together well with a quote from Daniel Kahneman, the Nobel Prize winner on economics. He said that you can only build intuition if you incorporate feedback really quickly, like firefighters. They can do that. But then stockbrokers, they cannot because the effects of their actions take like whatever months to unfold. And I think it's exactly what Rasmus says. It's the speed at which you can consume the analytics uh, that help you build intuition and really become better. So that is why we're investing so much into good performance of, of all the things that we deploy. Thank you. Very interesting. Let me just ask uh, Rasmus and Jess, yes, you can chime in too. In what form do you get your analytics? Are, are they on a, a laptop or an iPad or do you have to go to an office somewhere and look up on a big screen? Rasmus, since you started this, where do you find these analytics that you as the sailor, the participant, the racer, you have access to as fast as possible? Where do you go for those? Uh, we're very lucky that with Extreme Sailing Series, uh, SAP was a technical partner, and uh, and they 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 gave us all of this uh, and uh, gave us the access to all all this uh, live when we were racing. So that was just a matter of having your coach reading this, and then um, uh, on the on the water, it's a little bit difficult to. Uh, handle computers and uh, you got wet fingers and uh, so forth and 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 also it's it's nice to have a a, a guy you really trust uh, to uh, have the first look and and go through these uh, different menus but um quite often it would be a vocal um, message and um, and and you know how to talk about this you know uh, um you, you know how to adjust your sailing um whatever uh, impressions or or, or well, however you you uh, you talk about this, but uh, the corrections are are easy uh, when uh, when you get the right information. Thank you very much. Just wanted to know that. Yes, talk to me. What's your thought on having access to these analytics? How important is it to you as a competitive sailor? That's very important, and um, <clears throat> I can add from a coaching point of view that, uh, of course, we'll monitor the race um, very closely with the, with the analytics and and try to. Um, to, uh, to understand um, what are the important information that the guys in the race boat they need and uh, in between the races will come alongside and we will try to to feed them with the with the information that they need um, of course we need to you know pick pick the right informations and and and, um, and come with the with the um, kind of um, you know easy understanding words um, the big picture of the race course and, and so they can make the right decisions and then um, for the debrief uh, after the race we'll look more into the to the finer details of the, the race and the performance Thank you very much Axel you want to join us about the accessibility of the technology to the sailors and the coaches right after a race what's your thought? Is it a good thing or is it is it emotionally draining enough without it or do you think it changes how they feel about how they raced? Reality check time. I, I think it, it really changes the way. It is like what Rasmus said. You, we see that the sailors are really curious. That's what I told in the introduction when we saw all these sailors jumping into that TV studio to just be able to look at the numbers. That is exactly reflecting what Rasmus is saying. So, um, yeah, there is, there is interest. 
there's curiosity, uh, and we're trying to cater the, to, to these factors. Even We're catering even to the interests of the fans uh, that want to see the stuff while it's going on, and we're catering even to the interest of, of the moderator who is sitting at their booth with a microphone in their hands looking outside the window, and they want to have the information even earlier than the sailors and coaches want because they need to talk to what's happening on the water right now that the TV cameras are showing live on the air. Uh, and if we are just two or three seconds late in, in what we're doing, that's when they already start to frown on us and say, hey, can't you compute these things a little faster? And when you think about it, there is a whole lot of things to compute. And if you only have one or two seconds, that's quite an interesting challenge. So, yeah, time is crucial and being fast is super crucial. Thank you very much. Good reality checks here. Uh, yes, I'm going to go to your notes here, and this is a, an interesting comment here. This is the, a couple of people side comments. You say, winning the first major race makes it easier to win the next. And then you say the challenge going from amateur to pro sailing, leaving your job, leaving your family, keeping motivated, keeping your spirits high when the results are not coming easily. So let's talk about that. Motivation, uh, commitment, uh, sparking that that energy, that adrenaline, if that's an important thing, and starting a new life as a competitive pro sailor. Can you give us a little insight into that personal side? Yes, we'd really like to hear it from you. Yeah, sure. So, yeah, I've been on a, on a, on a long journey together with RAS. Uh, when we started sailing uh, together was uh, back in um, yeah, um, 20 years ago or, or even more, and uh, Back then, you know, we were youngsters on the way up, and we had a dream. We had a passion for sailing. We had a dream that we would become professional sailors uh, going to the America's Cup. And uh, when we set out that journey together, you know, um, we knew that we had to go up against the, the best guys in the world. And, um, and we did that. And um, we didn't win a lot uh, in the early days, but we learned a lot. And um, at some date when you're traveling, maybe 150, 200 days a year, Competition, you you got to make a choice, you know, if you wanna if you wanna follow your school or your ordinary job, or you wanna try your luck in in, in the professional sport. And um, for us, we um, we decided to um, to to take a chance in the sport. And um, you know, looking back now <clears throat> to where we won our first uh, major international event in in Russia, um, you know. Going up to to winning that regatta, you know, we came we came closer and closer. But, um, but when we finally did it, then it became easier to repeat it. And I think that was you know the psychology of, of, of sport. You know that we we finally proved to ourselves that that we could uh, win against some of the best guys. And uh, and after that that you know we didn't win everything, but we we did we certainly did win uh, more more regattas. And um, that was um, a fantastic thing for us. And I think that. Also um, motivated us to um, to uh, to uh, dream e- even further towards the America's Cup, which we end up doing together. So, um, yeah, it was um, it was a, a fun journey, but it, there was definitely some downs along the way where you kind of have doubts. You know, can 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 mm-hmm. can we make it? <clears throat> Are we good enough and all that? But um, yeah. yeah, you have to you have to keep believing. 
Sailors are people, too. Axel, I'm not going to go back to you, but I want you to get ready with your prediction because we're just about at the crystal ball part of the show. But Rasmus Costner, I'd love to get your thoughts on what Yes just shared. Do you have the same feeling that it's a tough life, that that you're giving up a lot, you're moving into a an basically uncharted territory emotionally, competitively, and there there is there are the wins, there are the losses, and there are the maybe what am I doing here moments, and how do we do it better? Rasmus, what's your thought on the personal side? Just briefly. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's great memories uh, we have, and um, from from that uh, period uh, of our our life, and uh, we did it to, together, which is something I'm I'm really uh, and happy and, and and proud about. But um, I, I I think it's uh, in in some way you you um, you you're just driven that way, and um, and you. When you think about, oh, maybe I should quit, uh, I shouldn't do it, then, you know, you, you can't execute that thing if you still have a little bit of hope uh, left there and, and you, and you, and you, deep inside you, you feel that you can, you, you can, uh, you could beat them or, or you can change some things and then things are going your way. And uh, yes, it's right that it's, uh, in the end, uh, you, you've dialed in so many small details and in the end it's, uh, it's, um, how motivated are you? Um, how is your brain coping with this? And and mm-hmm. uh, and also being under a lot of pressure is uh, is difficult. But when you realize that, oh, you can do it, uh, then uh, it's 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 like a turbo. You you get on the boat, and uh, and then everything, or at least a lot more of the decisions you're taking and the things you're doing, um, is uh, is better and smarter. So uh, it's a great feeling and, and yeah, great memories uh, together with yes. Thank you. I love that. I love the great memories part. Yes, of course. Okay, Dr. Axel Uhl, why don't you give us your prediction? What's going to change between five minutes after we're off the air and let's say the year 2025 in terms of extreme sailing, the technology, the aspects of the analytics, how the sailors feel about the sport, how much information is coming in to change the sport. I'm going to give you 60 seconds and then we'll get a quick update on the prediction from RAS and yes. So, Axel, you're up for 60 seconds. Go. 60 seconds for seven years of future. Interesting. Um, <laughs> so, first of all, I think handicap sailing is uh, an interesting white space. Nobody understands it, yet everybody is doing it, and people only understand who has won the regatta when everybody is at their third glass of beer already and has rigged down the boat. So, we are in the game of trying to change that, like we did it for one design sailing, like the stuff that we have been talking about so far, because we think that technology can really help making that more understandable. So, that's part of the future that we hope to influence. Second aspect is Technology enhancements, of course, don't stop. We see an interesting trend, um, especially for difficult conditions where you cannot anchor buoys. You, you mentioned the buoys that the sailboats have to mm-hmm. go around. Imagine you have a lake like Lake Garda, 300 meters deep. How do you anchor such a buoy and how do you change or move it if the wind direction changes? There is now automated buoys that have little motors in them, propellers, and they have GPS sensors and they can position themselves. Now combine that with what we have today and then you have completely fully automated course layouts that are fair, that are making sailing just a more fair sport. The third big area of change is probably further down the road. We've seen it at the America's Cup, uh, the automation of the jury work, like who is early over the line, like an early starter. Mm -hmm. 
Um, can you really be sure that you track the boats correctly at the finish line? Uh, right-of-way decisions, who had to escape somebody else or who had to give right-of-way to the other mm-hmm. guys? Automating that is a big, big challenge. Uh, you may have to change the rules, but the World Sailing Organization and the Federation is, is fully behind that. And I do think that at least over the next 10 years or so, we will see some interesting and radical change. Thank you very much. That was a great overview. And I didn't mean for you to predict for the whole seven years, but I think you did, and I loved it. Nobody's ever approached it quite that way. And I'm very, very (laughs) admiring of your approach and how fast you did it. Raz, I'm going to give you uh, 30 seconds. Instead of predictions, why don't you tell us what's next for you or prediction? Go ahead. 30 seconds. Speak. Yeah, I, I think uh, from being Im- impressed by all this uh, technology and what it can do, then I think in the future we're going to see that people are just expecting it. They're expecting that this is a part of it, and they can't. They're looking at the, uh, their phone and saying, "Why, why can't I see this? Why can't I see that?" You know, that's it's um, it's going to change, and um, and and we're just expecting a lot more than we, what we did for ten years ago. So um, yeah, we we better get everything up to speed. Great perspective. Thank you. And yes, Graham Hansen, you're up. 30 seconds. What what do you see coming forward for the sport? I think the, uh, the boats will be faster and faster. There's been a major development over the last uh, five to eight years, and, and it's only in the, the, the beginning. So the boat will be faster, and that will require more uh, data to control the boats. And um, yeah, that's what I think is going to be the future. Okay, the boats will be faster and faster. I like that. A man, a few words, brief and to the point. Thank you very much. Ryan Summers, again, thank you for putting together a superb panel. Dr. Axel Uhl, such a pleasure to meet you. Rasmus Costner, I'm so delighted to welcome you back on Game Changers Radio. And yes, Graham Hansen, yes, yes, yes. Love talking to you. Thank you so much and hope you feel better. Keep consuming that tea, a little honey, and it will help. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and a shout-out also to our engineer extraordinaire, Aaron Keller, at the business channel. I've got less than 30 seconds, so all I'm going to say is, I'm not sure if you do this in a sailboat, but wherever you are, fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today, just like Dr. Axel Uhl, just like Rasmus Costner, and just like, yes, Graham Hansen. Talk to you tomorrow, 11 a.m. Eastern, right here on the business channel with a new edition of Coffee Break with Game Changers, talking about the wine bottle index. No, we're not talking about drinking. We're talking about HCM. HCM, and we're talking about the trends in human capital management. You don't want to miss that one. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Game Changing Technology and Sports, presented by SAP, the best run SAP. Subscribe to Game Changing Technology and Sports on iTunes and catch up on previous episodes. To keep the conversation going, Tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.